Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1323 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Monday. And thank you for joining us, as always, and making us your first listen each and every day. Check us out across platforms on the podcast side. That includes Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and even on video over at YouTube. And today's podcast will be myself and Robbie Callen, first of two parts, talking about the Eastern Conference and the over-unders on the win totals for each and every team. Every year we do this. Robbie is a close friend of mine, and he knows the NBA very well. He used to cover the Hawks at Hawks.com and Peachtree Hoops, other places. And uh, it was a fun conversation with him. Before we dive into that conversation, though, with the over-unders, a little bit of news from the Hawks since they played on Saturday. And by the way, I should tell you that now that I broke down both games in Abu Dhabi on Thursday afternoon and Saturday afternoon. Those podcasts are still available in the feed right now. And on Saturday's show, I briefly said that there was kind of no indication at all the Hawks were even considering keeping any of the guys who are on training camp exhibit 10 deals when they actually came back to the full roster. And just hours after the Hawks landed back in the U.S., on Sunday, they elected to waive all four guys that they had on Exhibit 10 contracts. So as a reminder, that is Tyson Etienne, Chris Silva, Armani Brooks, and Malik Ellison, all of whom could be in College Park this year, potentially, if the Hawks want to keep them around. And after that series of transactions, the Hawks are now down to 16 players on the roster, 14 of them on full contracts, and then the pair of guys, Jarrett Culver and Trent Forrest, on two-way deals. So basically what that means is if the Hawks don't want to do anything else with their roster, they can roll with what they have right now as the season opens in 10 days. So basically. They could just stand pat at this stage. They do have an open roster spot still, and I talked about this at media day, but I asked Landry Fields, the GM, about whether they were planning to use that spot. He kind of said no, and they were kind of looking for flexibility there. And they also have Vic Krejci on a non-guaranteed contract, but basically the Hawks don't have to do anything else, and it would not surprise me. In fact, I think it's probably the most likely scenario that the Hawks would just kind of stay stay pat with these guys, 14 players, plus the two two-ways, and roll with that as the season nears. But uh, no slight against Etienne and Silva and Brooks and Ellison. All, all four guys were not likely to make the team anyway. I know there was a lot of fan excitement about Tyson Etienne in particular after Summer League, but always more likely to be in College Park than anything else this year, and that's what the Hawks elected to do as of Sunday. Also, no practice today for the Hawks on Monday. They'll be back in the gym in Atlanta on Tuesday before they travel to Cleveland, where they will play. They will actually be playing on Wednesday evening in their first game in the United States this year. And then they're actually not coming home, to my knowledge, in between the games on Wednesday and the trip to Birmingham on Friday. So we'll have more on that later on this week. But uh, there you go. That's the latest news on today's podcast. After a short intro to hear the uh, introduction, the video slash audio as our theme song would like to indicate, we'll have uh, Robbie Callen coming up with our overrunners on the Eastern Conference. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I'm joined now by my friend, colleague, veteran of season win total over-unders, Robbie Callen is here. Hello, sir. What's going on? We're here. It's Monday. We're we talking it. talking basketball. Uh, we got a little bit of pseudo news before we started recording this podcast, so I'm going to bring you in to discuss that. Normally, I would do it on my own, but because you're here, uh, there was a report from Sham mm-hmm. Sarania a few minutes ago on this Monday that the Hawks have been at least talking to the Phoenix Suns, and the quote was, in recent weeks and months. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that really means, other than the fact that it's not like an imminent thing. And I, I have talked about Crowder quite a bit on this podcast. My my short take is that the Hawks certainly could use Jay Crowder if they could have him for free, but it's not going to be for free. And I, I don't see an obvious path. It, it certainly seems possible to me. But uh, what do you make of the Villarica native 
Jay Crowder coming back home. I didn't know, I didn't know he was Villarica native. He shouts, is. To, uh, shouts to the Frog. Great golf course out in Villarica, Georgia. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll i be honest. I like I haven't looked. This happened literally was, like 10 as, seconds before we hopped playing, on. So I, I haven't looked court. at like cap yeah. stuff. So I don't know. I guess I'll ask you like what, what makes the money work because obviously – and look, Phoenix is trying to trade him for something that's helpful because Phoenix is not that's trying the to big dump thing. him. Yep. So I, I mean, what what's the money? What makes yeah. the money work? The big thing for me is just what you said. Like, if this is a team that was trying to sell, if this was Utah and they're just trying mm-hmm. to rebuild, it may, it'd be a lot easier. But Phoenix obviously is going to want a player that can help them. Mm-hmm. I think the only way it could possibly work would be a deal around Justin Holiday um, as a guy the Suns could use. And you know, Crowder makes more money than Holiday does, which the Hawks probably don't want to take on money because they want to stay out of the tax. Um, also, you know, I, I don't think the Suns are going to do a Justin Holiday for Jay Crowder straight up deal. Um, so that's the only way. It's like a Holiday plus something else kind of construction. Like if they still had Mo Harkless as filler, which they don't have anymore, that might have made some more sense. Is that more of a cap thing? But like, I mean, Jalen Johnson and Justin Holiday is too much for the Hawks to give up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else that looks like. The Hawks are already out some picks. You wouldn't want to trade his first rounder for, for Jay Crowder anyway, as the Hawks says, right. to have him be your backup power forward. Um, it's just like he would help them. That's my yeah. major take. Is but I, like I just don't I don't see a path. Maybe there's a creative construction where like they, they kind of swap picks or something like that. But there's nothing super obvious, and it kind of has to be Holiday. Well, and also the reason Jay Crowder's leaving is he wants to start, which he would not do in Atlanta. He wouldn't do that in Atlanta. So like, do you want to trade for a guy who has made clear this is the Cam Reddish thing on the opposite side, right? Like this is why would you trade for a guy? who has made very clear the reason he's asking out is because he wants a greater opportunity. He wants um, to start. And like the reason he's asking out of Phoenix is because they're going to start Cam Johnson. Like, why would you bring him in when you don't have a spot for him? Like there's not even like a, a fit that you could make it work unless you're going to start him over Deandre, which not happens. They're not going to do. No. And so like, I, I just, this feels to me, and I'll just I'll I'll say this. This feels to me like Shams needs to get something out there. It's Monday. We don't have an awful lot saying they've talked in recent weeks and months. Tells me that this is not this is kind of half baked, and we don't have a lot going on in the news world right now for for sports for NBA. So like, I feel like we're just trying to trying to get something going. Somebody wants that out there. Um, you know, it makes, I don't know, maybe it makes it sound like there's more uh, of a market for Jay because, you know, the Hawks have had that conversation, but I, I'm with you. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, other than, like you said, like if if it was a, a dump situation from a non-contender, but that's not that's not what's going on. So I, I don't see how, how it happens and I don't see how it works and I don't see how it's really a great idea for Atlanta to bring in somebody like Crowder, unless he's really super into buying into the role he would have, which it doesn't sound like he wants. It's like maybe, it's, it's maybe he just doesn't role. want it in Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing about like, we don't, we don't know exactly what Crowder wants, but we know he wants to play and he'd have a smaller role in Atlanta than, than he had in Phoenix. I mean, because yeah. like whether you've they've obviously turned the page a little bit to Cam Johnson in Phoenix, but uh, Cam Johnson is not as fully entrenched as John Collins is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you could maybe play Jay Crowder some at the three, but he's really a four at this point. Like he can mm-hmm. play a little bit of three for you, but 
Um, yeah, anyway, we've probably gone too far on this already, but it's just uh, that was happening as we're starting to record. So unless you have final takes, we will uh, move on to our actual uh, topic of conversation on today's podcast. And I promise you, Hawks fans, if, there, if there's more on this, I will have it in the near future. Um, we're going to go in our traditional form here. We're, we're going to go reverse alphabetical order in the East as in, in an effort to uh, game the system and have the Hawks go last. That's just uh, be, just being transparent. Everybody want to want to keep the Hawks for the end of this conversation. But basically, over unders. If you would not lo- know this construction, is like every uh, every team has a projected win total. We are going to use our friends at Bet Online, uh, who sponsored this podcast. Shouts to Bet Online um, for these numbers and kind of just talk about where we would stand. Uh, we certainly recommend not betting on every single one of these. In fact, most of them are probably pretty good numbers, and we'll we'll give you our leans and things. But that's our usual stance. Am I right, Robbie? We we, we do not uh, condone betting on all of these. No. <laughs> Where I, this is this is my spiel every year man uh we'll let you know when we really like something um uh, everything else we're gonna we're gonna give a lean because it's it'd be it'd be bad podcasting and just talk about totals and not give a pick of any kind um but most of these are going we're going to say don't love it but over under whatever it is um yeah that's uh that's pretty much it let's get into it yeah it's we'll just in. a depressing basketball team yeah, the Wizards are first. Uh, the Wizards number at the line as we speak on this Monday is 35 and a half wins. They won 35 games last year. Um, mm-hmm. They did have a, a point differential worse than that, like a 31-32 win team. They had some changes in the offseason. They brought in Will Barton. They brought in Monty Morris. They brought in my guy, DeLon Wright. They drafted Johnny Davis, who's been struggling to this point. They also lost KCP and Ish Smith. Uh, but the big thing is, like, they – they project to get more health and project and production from Bradley Beal and Porzingis who looked pretty good at the end of the year. Porzingis did, but Beal mm-hmm. was not good last year. Kind of, kind of sneakily. If you weren't paying attention, Bradley Beal was not very good and he was not always mm-hmm. available. So that's probably how this swings. Do you have, do you have takes on the wizards? Uh, like, I mean, they're aimless and in, in the <laughs> desert like, yeah. other, as a, just as a franchise. Cause like, I mean, Beal Porzingis is not the core of a contender in any shape. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can tell me that you're going to get 65 games out of Beal and Porzingis, then like, it's probably an over, like they're going to be a, you know, but health is going to be a a big factor and Porzingis always has some dings and, uh, Beal has dealt with some stuff in, in recent years. And, you know, I, I don't hate like they have some interesting guys um, like Kyle Kuzma has become like a, just a good basketball player, a good role player. Um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they pro- progress this season because, you know, it's we're coming off of that, that Wembeyama um, and Scoot Henderson game where it's like, okay, there's going to be this race to tank to the bottom. And it's like, there's a bunch of these teams that are middling like Washington. We'll get to Charlotte. Um, and a bunch of these teams that are kind of in the middle here uh, that don't have a clear path in either direction. And it's going to be interesting to see which ones of those just say, look, this is the year to go for it and try to get into the lottery and at least get get a swing at it, even if it's not trying to get to – getting to bottom three is going to be tough because there's three teams that are, I think, pretty clearly going to be the worst in the league this year. Um, but – I'm interested to see who else gets in the fray. Washington is one of those teams that that has some guys they could trade to contenders if it just isn't going well. So for me, this is a stay away because I can see the world where Beal and Perzingis are just healthy and they win 38 games. 
I can also see the world where if there's an injury that knocks Beal out for the year, they say rip cord, you know, or, or not even out for the year, but if he misses a few months or something like that, or they're just off to a bad start and Chris Tapps is dinged up or something like that. There's, there's a lot of ways where they are looking at 32 wins and say, why not try to get to 28, you know, like, and start dealing some off and try to get into this mix for, for what should be uh, a heck of a rookie class. Yeah. I don't know. The Wizards, I feel like you're right in the rationale, but they also just don't do the common sense thing. They sometimes. don't. They never like, do, they which, is, do which is why Beal got a billion dollar extension. With no trade clauses and all that. Um, no, I, I, I think I'd probably lean under if you made me choose. But the, the thing is, they have a lot of like competent NBA players on this team. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like They could win 38 games. I could see it. Absolutely. No, they could win 42 games. It wouldn't stun me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pick that outcome. But if Beal and Porzingis were both healthy, and that's a huge if, they're not bad. They're just not – there's no upside here. And that's – for me, it's like if I don't see clear upside to go kind of go comfortably over the win total, I'm not going to take it over. And the under, like they they might go against what you're saying and like they might just push to the end when they shouldn't. So that's why I'm, I'm with you. I think it's to stay away. And uh, the Wizards are just kind of – you know, they're not the worst setup and setup in the world, but there's just no upside. I just don't, I don't see. And Johnny Davis, who I kind of liked and caught, like it's been a disaster so far. Like, I don't know. Not, nothing's good about the Wizards, except for Don, except for DeLon Wright. Hi, DeLon. You got uh, your guy. Miss you, miss you, DeLon. Um, anyway, that's enough. That's enough on the Washington Wizards for now. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every single potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and they do it for free. I've had to hire for a couple of different things in the last few years. LinkedIn Jobs has proven to be an awesome resource. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post at LinkedIn Jobs. They have high-quality candidates that you need to locate your best possible hire. Then once you're set up, add to your job and your purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're actually looking to hire. LinkedIn Jobs also has simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to help focus on candidates to help just the right skills for you and the experience that you're looking for. You can quickly identify and prioritize them who'd like to interview and then eventually hire. You want to finish the year strong, of course, and finding the right team member is a key piece of doing just that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs lets you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to and they help you to do it faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's dive into the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Raptors won 48 games last year. They did. It was, it was a weird 48 game performance because they played like seven guys all season and they had, at one point, they had like four of the top seven guys in the league in minutes per game. It was just like a yes. ridiculous thing. Their number this year is 46 and a half at Bet Online. I know uh, Zach Lowe is like very in on the Toronto Raptors this year. And Not listen, shocked. if you liked them last year, like they didn't lose anything and they added Otto Porter Jr. And they added Wancho, who's like, okay. And they, they, they really did lose like nothing at all. Mm-hmm. So it's basically for me, like, can you bank on them being healthy all year is basically it. Cause if, if they're healthy all year, they're going to be over. I, I don't know by how much, but yeah. when, when you play seven guys, and you play 38 <laughs> minutes a game, like it feels like that's not likely to happen. Uh, I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I mean it's it's the way Toronto's operated for a while. Um, it's it, they're gonna just play harder than you in the regular season. They're gonna win a few games that they maybe don't win in the playoffs because um, when you get to the playoffs, everybody's playing a short rotation. Everybody's playing um, as hard as possible every night. 
And but in the regular season, that's how that's how they grind out some wins. And uh, I would lean over. Uh, like you said, it's it's nice to have a little more depth. I think maybe they maybe they go eight deep this year uh, and get Otto into into that rotation. Um, I, I just it's it's hard to see where this team's not just a very competent playoff team in the East, possibly threatening for that fourth spot, uh, maybe that third spot depending on how things shake out at the top. So, yeah, I mean, I would lean over because it's it's just – they also don't have guys that, um, like, play the style that, that I particularly worry about um, getting getting too hurt. But um, no, they, don't, they don't have regression candidates either. Like, all their guys right. are either in their prime or pre-prime. You know, the big, the big thing is, like, I'm a little bit lower on Scotty Barnes than people seem to be at this point. Sure. But, he's, but he still should be better in year two than he was in year one. That's usually what happens with guys. So, like – Ooh, is this know. where I get to do my developments not linear? Uh, I think Rant? that might be a good time. All right. Um, uh, yeah. I, th- I mean, like, here's the thing. Even if Scotty Barnes is just what he was, like, if he just yeah. plateaus, um, they're fine. You know, you know like, I, there's a world where he takes another leap and then they're, you know, something completely different and, and even better. But even if he's just what he is, which is a very good defender, uh, a good offensive player with – one fatal flaw and that is shooting from the perimeter. Um, you know, they, they can make up for that. The one thing that, that you wonder about them is like, are they eventually going to try to make a swing for somebody at center? Because they were in the, the go bear talks. They've, you know, we've heard about them targeting centers. I think Jakob Pertle is the one that you automatically jump to because he's a former Toronto guy uh, and San Antonio is going to be selling. And so I think it's, it's a wonder of, you know, I think if anything, they're going to add to this team. And so I, I'm, this is not a, a lock it up because 46 and a half wins is not a small number. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, 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 I see far more over scenarios than unders here. I do too. I would not uh, give it out as a best bet or anything just because the East is better. And I kind of don't think they were 48 win team last year. Like they did it, but I, I kind of am a little bit skeptical. Uh, but like they're gonna try, they're well coached. Um, yeah, I, I think I lean over, but I, I wouldn't give it out just because like how my teams are better. Like the Hawks are better. We'll get to them later. Right. The, the, the East is the East is just a, a more yeah. competent. So you know, I think my win total for the for the Raptors would be something like 47, 48, which is just barely over and not that's enough. That's not enough. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, all right. Another team that's really interesting is the Sixers. The Sixers. Ooh, yeah, I should have a good feel on this one. They won fifty one games last year and they their over under this year is 50 and a half it's juiced to the over at bet online but it's 50 and a half um they got a lot better in the offseason like they, sure they added pj tucker they added deanthony melton they added daniel house they did lose danny green but um that trade obviously makes them better and you think that harden looks to be in better shape full season of harden uh maxi breakout already happened pretty much yep um i don't know about you I think Philly is like a sneaky number one seed potential this year, uh, especially if it beats Dave. I mean, the one thing is like if, if it beat gets hurt, all bets are off, but he's been healthy enough recently where it's like not as big of a concern as it used to be. So right. I don't know. I, I kind of lean preliminarily over on the, on the Sixers. I, I like them a lot this year. We get, we gave this out in the Vecini pod when I did this. We were, we're all on the Sam. Sixers. Shouts to Sam. Shouts to game theory. Um, yeah, this is, this is over for me. Um, they won 51 games a year ago. They got, like 20 something games of Harden uh, and they went, went over this and they were literally just playing without 
a max slot guy for the entire year. Like they won 51 games and they had Ben Simmons on the roster until the deadline. Um, like I, I don't, I don't have a hard time seeing this as a 54, 55 win team. I mean, like I, I get that the East is theoretically a little bit better, but like, I think this is a really good team. Their, their question marks for me are all postseason, and Hawks fans know that uh, as well as anybody. It is about, can they, figure it out in the half court, uh, you know, on offense in the postseason because it's been their bugaboo for as long as Embiid's been there because it's it's really hard in the postseason when your offense is built around a big man. That's why they went out and got Harden. That's why they are so excited about what Maxie's doing. Um, you know, they they needed to add shooting. They, they did that with, you know, P.J. Tucker is – he does one thing well on offense, and that is shoot from the corner – uh, and that is something that they needed, especially with Danny Green going out. They needed that exact thing to be filled, and they did that uh, while also getting a plus defender. And yeah, I just like I'm I'll I'll buy in on Philly in the regular season all day. Uh, playoffs, maybe not. They playoffs. They are firmly in the two years ago Bucks realm of show it to me before I believe. But I fully believe they can win 50-plus games in the regular season um, just doing what they do, get a full season of Harden. Like, you know, everybody is so down on Harden after that playoff series. Like, he was solid in the regular season for them. He looks good right now. You know, the question is whether he wears down and whether he's, you know, able to go in the in the playoffs. Again, every question for me about this team comes in April and May and June if they can get there. Um not as much of a question October uh, through March. Yeah, I'm with you all the way. I think if, um, depending on what, what kind of odds you can get, I know BetOnline has this bet where you can uh, bet on which team wins the most games in the regular season. I mm-hmm. think Philly would be a sneaky bet there. I don't think it's going to happen probably. Like, they're not the betting favorite for a reason, right. but they are 11-1 to 1 right now in the league. I can see them winning 58 games. No, like, I would not stun me. And, uh, you know, Maxi, if anything, might might have a little bit too much helium right now for people. But like, I think yeah. he's really he's really good. No, he's I mean, just he's just really good. He's really good. So and they're deeper. The defense should be better. PJ is that that, that deal was a concern in the third year. But right now, like he really helps them. So yes. anyway, I like Philly, too. I would definitely go over if you made me choose on that one. Um, Orlando. <laughs> A little bit different than Philly. Um, they have a 27 win over under. They won 22 games last year. The big thing is bringing in Paolo Boncaro, who uh, projects to be pretty good as a rookie by rookie standards, I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they might get Jonathan Eisen back at some point. He's been gone forever. <laughs> who knows? Uh, and they have Michael Fultz is healthy. Like, it's a weird roster. Like, Franz, you know, my guy Franz, I'm wearing a Michigan t shirt right now. Um, go, Franz. But, uh, you know, this is a situation where it's like, okay, how much do they lean in? Because all these teams, and we'll get into all of them, all these teams in the 20s, it's like, when do you punt, basically? I, I think Orlando could be better. They should be better mm-hmm. between Franz and Paolo and maybe a little bit better health. But, like, I don't know if they want to be. Like, are we there yet? Yeah. So so when I did this with Sam, we gave out the over on this. I, I kind of lean that way, too. But I lean over. I am now scared. Yeah. The Wemby stuff. I wouldn't bet it for sure. (laughs) And like, honestly, for them, it might be the scoot opportunity or amen or like one of those guys. Like, oh, and uh, by the way, we we should mention Suggs is already hurt. He got hurt the other day. Yeah, he got hurt uh, because 
who was it? Spencer Dinwiddie just like shoved him into a screen. It was a weird play. Yeah, and uh, he hyperextended his. But he's he's out for a while, and he, you know he was he was bad last year. But that was one of the hopes this year was that maybe he would turn the corner. He's already he's already good. He's defender. also a really good defender. Yep. Like and so they lose point of attack defense. Yeah, I'm I'm I've backed off my stance a little bit. I'm in on Franz slap the bag 2023. We're still <laughs> doing it. Uh, we love Franz in this, on this. We podcast. love Franz. I. I'm really scared of all these teams that could tank because yeah. there's such an incentive this year to try and get the best possible odds. And, you know, with, with the smoothing thing, like you don't have to necessarily completely bottom out for, you know, bottom three, but you want to be bottom five, you know, you want to have those bottom five odds. And so I just, uh, I'm scared of all these teams where I was kind of leaning over on some of these worst teams that we'll get to it when we do West later. Uh, Houston was another one where I, I felt good about the over and now I, I don't feel that way. <laughs> um, I, I'm again, I like what the magic have done. I'm with you. I think Paolo is going to be a, a very good rookie in the sense that like that dude is already built like an NBA player. Um, I had never seen him in person until summer league. And you were like, Oh, he's very that's, big. That's a grown man right now. Like seeing him next to Jabari Smith was, you know, Jabari is what you're expecting out of a rookie big where it's like, okay, I see where he fills out, but like, he looks like a 19 year old kid and Paolo looks like he's 25 right now. Um, and he's fairly terrifying. And if he's healthy, like he might just be good. Um, probably inefficient, but good. And so I'm interested to see what the magic look like, uh, but I'm no longer locking this one up. I will lean over out of a desire to be optimistic and uh, otherwise understand that there is a chance that they pull the absolute rip cord at some point and say, let's go get scoop. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. And football is here in a big way, of course. Bet Online is the number one source for all the pro and football needs that you're looking for across the sports world at this stage and find all the latest developments, the game matchups, the news, the podcasts at Bet Online, including all the content you need for the weekend slate coming up in college and pro football. Bet Online is a huge source for wagering information that includes live betting and esports and live scores. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to consume every sport you might have interest in at this stage on this show. We talk about the NBA most of the time, and there are plenty of futures out there. We talk about a lot of the stuff right now on this podcast. They have season, season win totals, they have conference odds, division odds, title odds, individual award odds, and much more. And beyond the NBA, Bet Online has odds and lines on baseball, MMA, and college sports, boxing, golf, tennis. Auto racing, horse racing, soccer, entertainment bets, and much more. Head to Bet Online right now on your mobile device, your computer, to learn more about all the trends and the action across the sports world. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's move on to the Knicks. A interesting <laughs> team, let's just say. Uh, the Knicks. The number is thirty nine and a half. Last year they won thirty seven games. The year before, of course, they were uh, kind of a weird four seed and lost to the Hawks. Um, they were. Closer to a 41 team last year, point differential wise. They should be better on paper with Jalen Brunson and uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. They did lose some vets and Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks, Taj Gibson. I don't know. I don't know how Tibbs will go forward without Taj Gibson, but we'll see. Um, I don't this morning. Is, this is a weird one for me. Uh, I want you to start because I'll, I, I, I have a take, but I want to know if you agree with me. So go ahead. Uh, I, th- I, this number feels right. I want to preface that with. 
39, like 38 to 41, 42 wins feels like exactly where this team lands. Um, I think I leaned under because I felt like somebody's got to lose some games in the East that, you know, we're kind of expecting to be in that 500 realm and like somebody's got to just drop them. And I just think the talent deficit against the top probably seven, eight teams is going to be New York is going to struggle against them. Um, but you know, Brunson, it, it look, Brunson's the most competent point guard they've had in a very long time. Um, and he's, he's good. He's solid. I, I don't know what they're going to look like defensively. I worry about year three Tibbs because that's always when things kind of come off of the rails. Um, we already saw the seeds of discontent last year with guys like Julius Randle. I see opportunity for this to implode. So my lean is under because somebody's got to lose in the East and year three Tibbs, things getting a little bit rocky uh, there, but look, there's talent there. Um, RJ Barrett has continually gotten better and, and he, you know, earned that new extension and, um, you know, I like him quickly. We'll see if quickly can kind of bounce back, but look like they're still going to keep playing the old guys. Fournier is going to start at shooting guard over Quentin Grimes, um, <laughs> you know, to the dismay of Knicks fans everywhere. And I don't know, you know, he won't play Randall and Obi Toppin. He won't do some of these things. And I, I just worry about Tibbs year three pushes me to the under, but I could see this being a 42 win team. Yeah, I was really hoping that this number, there's a couple teams in the league where it was like this, where like I was expecting there to be a higher number on the Knicks after they got Brunson. I was mm-hmm. like expecting a 42 and a half or something like that to pop, and I would have been all over the under in that, mm-hmm. in that, in that circumstance. At 39 and a half, it's like, all right, that's kind of okay. I think I, I too lean under. Um, I just, it's a weird situation because I, if they weren't the Knicks, I take the Knicks nest off this team, and it's like I'm probably predisposed to kind of liking them. Sure. You know, it's like they have a lot of competent guys, but your point about Tibbs is a great one. Like he usually wears out his welcome at some point, and like there, so there are enough vets to get him in trouble. Like I think Randall's a good player, but they they treat him like he's better than he is. Fournier, Fournier, same thing. Like, and I, Brunson's good, but Brunson is not like a game changing player. That's yeah. uh, I don't want to say he's like overrated. Maybe he wasn't like in some circles, but like I think he's like the twentieth best player in the league. Which is that's a lot better than what they've had, right? But like, he doesn't like change your franchise. Like, he's he's a guy that's like. Gonna I make think he's better. a really good like raise raise the floor type you, guy. You, you want to know what my comp is for Jalen Brunson? Ooh. You're gonna you're gonna love Ooh. this. Jalen, Br- Jalen Brunson is like very Jeff Teague-ish. Ah, yes, I was expect. As soon as you said that, I was gonna like it. I knew you were gonna go. With he's Jeff. very like he's very Jeff Teague-ish that. in that like Jeff Teague made an All Star team. He was never an all-star level player. You know what I mean? Yeah. He made that team because they won 60 games. I get it. But, like, he was, like, the 17th best point guard in the league for, for a half decade. Always. And that's kind of what it feels like Jalen Brunson might be. And that's not a bad thing. It's a, he's a good player. Um, you make a lot of money doing that. And that that's contract true. looks reasonable, too. Like, especially mm-hmm. when you look forward to where the cap's going and all that stuff. But, like, he's not going to – if if you say, all right, they're adding Jeff Teague to this team, is like that going to change anybody's mind? Probably not. So, I don't know. I kind of think they're going to be okay. Like, they're better than the Wizards. I, I do mean I, I think I I definitely see that happening 100. But their numbers three wins higher. Yep. and they're not as good. And they're not as Four good talent. Higher. They're not they're they're not as good talent wise as 
the teams in the next tier up. Like they're not as good. That's as the my Hawks. issue. They're not as they're not as good as the Hawks or the Cavs or the Raptors. Like they're not as good as those teams. So let's... look, I mean, there's a clear break. Like you look, like they are at 39. The next lowest is 44 and a half on the win. Like there's just a clear separation, and I think we're gonna see that come to play in the uh, in the regular season and when those teams meet. And um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lock it up because again, like you said, there's they're a deep competent roster but like the top end talent just isn't there they just no. they just don't have guys that can go like that yeah, they, they don't have unless rj barrett makes a monster leap that we're not seeing yeah they don't have a top 50 player and that's not like they have a bunch of guys who are top 100 players like brunson mm-hmm. top 100 player barrett top 100 player like they have some guys who can play i think i still think randall randall's not bad no there's randall just, can play they no just treat he's him like now. he's the number one guy correct so like they have a bunch of guys who are okay but that doesn't compare it to some what these other teams have. So yeah, I'm we're kind of in the same place there. Lean under and probably not play it. Um, the Bucks are next. Different situation, of course. Um, championship two years ago. Last year, I think they might have won it again, if not for the Middleton injury. They were. I think they were going to win that series against Boston at, at bare minimum, and that would have been interesting finals uh, fodder against the Warriors. But the number mm-hmm. is 53 on the Bucks. They won 51 last year. Uh, Chris Middleton. Your former Spades partner is uh, Ter- cur- terrible at Spades. He's he's currently hurt, which is uh, I don't know that, I don't know what that means. And other, other than that, it's the same exact roster. They brought Joe Ingles in, but he's not going to play until like January. So like it's literally the same team. They brought in Marjan Bochamp. Hawks fans just got to see them play twice in Abu Dhabi. One of those games they actually tried the opener. Like Giannis played a full workload almost, and um, the Bucks are really good. Fifty three is a lot. Uh, I have no interest in betting either side of this. Like zero interest, none. Yeah, uh, I I lean over on all Bud. He's gonna be regular season. They're gonna win games. I agree. They win games. They beat bad teams. But it's a high number. Like beat the hell out of the division. I I hear you. But if if Chris comes back and plays 55 games, over. Because you think they missed? They didn't have Brooke Lopez at all. No, he was gone for. They won fifty one games. They did not have Brooke Lopez at all. Their defense was mediocre until Brooke Lopez came back because you can only because they just didn't have anybody else. Like it's they played Giannis at the five some, but like behind him, they just didn't have, like you're, it's Bobby Portis. Like you can't play that many minutes of Bobby Portis at center and be an elite defense. When Brooke Lopez is on the floor, they are just a dominant defensive team, especially in the regular season. And if he plays 60, 65 games, Chris plays 55 games. Giannis is just a monster. Um, He's terrifying. I just lean over and, and, but this is what Bud does. Hawks fans know this, Bud wins regular season games. They don't lose to teams. They're not supposed to, that they're not supposed to lose to. Like you just don't like, they don't roll into Detroit and get snuck up on by Cade and the Pistons. They get four wins out of Detroit, right? Like that's the thing that they do as well. Them and uh, Mike Michael Malone in Denver are two of the best at this, uh, and it's kind of the same thing with with Toronto. It's like they they try and they play, but Bud is is they just know how to game plan it. Um, and again, like the flaws come in the playoffs um, because of the half court offense. But like I, I lean over. I'm with you. I don't want to lock it up because I think there's a couple teams that are slightly better than them in the regular season in the East, possibly. And I still don't, 
I don't think they care as much about it as they used to. Once they won that no, championship, they, they kind of throttled back. Like they used to want to win 60. Like yep. Bud used to try to go like so I think he's learned like Bud has learned to manage health and and give guys nights off and do that in a way he didn't used to. But still, like they're just really good. I would not bet the under. I'll just yeah, if you I'm made, not locking if, it up, but I no. I would not advocate on trying to fade this team. I would not either. And if you made me pick it for my life, I would take the over, no question about that. I just um they don't seem to have the urgency to win. Like even last year, it felt like yeah, no, the, the, the Brook thing was there, but like they know what they are now. This is yeah. a team that's seen everything. They don't feel like they have to win 55 games. They're right. fine. So that's kind of why I would I would not want to bet it. But um, I will say I wonder if how last year's series went against Boston makes them want home court. Maybe, but I I also think that they probably think deep down. Like people have said this enough. Like national people, like Zach Lowe or whoever said like they think they that they were going to win the series, but if they had Chris, so it was like. I feel like they're yeah, probably but I, that I guess it's, I guess it's one of the things where like they're so good at home, like they are really good at home. I wonder if they just they say let's 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 make sure like in case we have something where Drew or or Chris or somebody is is banged up, like let's let's try to lock this up. I think there's maybe a little more urgency this year than there was last year. I think last year was very much a coast situation uh, and be be right. And it and the funny thing, you know, it's kind of ironically they did that, and then they had the injury in the playoffs that kind of derailed them that they were trying to avoid by coasting a little bit. Yep. Um, so I wonder if they just kind of shift gears and say, like, let's just get after it. That all sounds right to me. That's the that's that's the argument against. Yeah, um, they're just a, it's a stay away for me, just firmly. <laughs> I just can't I can't do it. But I'm with you. I, I'd lean over if I had to. Um, all right, let's go to Miami. Uh, of course, they were in Hawks fans' nightmares a few months ago, um, throttling the Hawks in that series. But the Heat, uh, man, this is this is one where I am I am capital capital U upset about the number coming down. It, it opened in, at like 50 and a half, 51, and I was ready to give that best bet everything on the, on the under. Uh, I told people this. I told you this offline. I've kind of been very vocally anti-Heat so far, but the number's 48 and a half now. I've been online like. The value's gone. I think. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. Last year they were 50, 53 games. They were, they were the number one seed. But um, I think you're their starting power forward on the Heat. <laughs> uh, Haywood Highsmith is in the mix. Um, they Victor Oladipo's playing playing the four. Jimmy says he's not playing the four, even though he does all the time. It's incredible. I love everything about Miami. Uh, still under, by the way. I just, I just, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just can't say it with like the same vigor that I was going with to because gusto. like I was very excited to come on here and yell and scream about how it was the best, my best bet, but now I can't say that. But I, I still lean under at forty-eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, they got worse. Very obviously worse. PJ, PJ, worse. PJ's not a star, but like they didn't replace him at all. Like no. it's, they brought it. They brought in their first round pick as a as a four in Jovic, but like he's not going to be ready to do anything as a rookie. Oh, like they got. They got worse. I mean, the the fear, as always, is like if Jimmy plays a bunch, like that is the thing. They could easily go over this number. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of trolling, but this number is low enough now where they have Jimmy and Spo. Like it's terrifying right. to bet the under on these. It's it's really it. scary at 48 and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not like the the question. I think the the biggest question for me about the Heath is like, is, is Kyle Lowry oh, all right? Like we saw him in the playoffs and it was no bueno. Um, what's, what's that? 
Like that, that's the question for me. That's the swing for Miami is like, what's Kyle Lowry look like this season? Because obviously they talked in the, in the exit interviews about there's personal stuff that, that they wouldn't get into that um, kept him away from the team. And he wasn't practicing a ton and uh, wasn't in the shape that they wanted him to be in and all of that. But like Kyle Lowry's never been like the type of guy to be in like the world's greatest shape. Um, but like, what does he look like this year? Like, does he look better? Does he, cause like in the playoffs, it was just, it was rough. Um, and like, they were better off playing Gabe Vincent than Kyle Lowry and colored me skeptical that it's the best idea to lean on Gabe Vincent and Max Struess all year again. Like I just, you talk about regression candidates, um, you know, and, and teams that have them like Miami kind of does, you know, they have some guys that popped last year that I guess, I guess for me, I want, I say like, I'd like to see it again. Um, you know, some of these guys that, that I'm not sure that maybe surprise other teams, uh, and won't be surprises this year. And you'll have scouting reports on, and I will be interested to see how they go, but look, it's, it's Jimmy, it's Spo. It's Bam. If Bam's healthier this year, he clearly wants to win Defensive Player of the Year. He has made that abundantly clear. He thought he should have won it last year despite playing 50 games or something. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe they they are they they do that, but I, I'm with you. Like I'm skeptical on Miami, but just afraid of it enough that I I will not. I don't think I'm quite as in on it as you. I wish I was more in on it now. I, I'm I'm upset that we waited so long. Uh, at 15 and a half, 51, I would have been leading the podcast with it, creating banners, all kinds of things. But at 48 and a half, I am less excited. So, uh, and listen, it's, it's Spo. I, I, he, he terrifies me, and Jimmy's really good. So, he's very good. I'm trolling, but there you go. I wish they had a forward, though. Like, in all seriousness, like, they don't have a power forward. No, it's they just, don't. It's not always that simple, but like, Jimmy's the only guy on the team that can play the four. I mean, yeah. they have Bam, but they don't have a center to play with Bam. So, it's like, who knows? Anyway. Just a lot of Bam, Dwayne, Deadman lineups. I mean, they could do that, but, like, that's it. And I love Dwayne Deadman, but, ooh, okay. Hawkwood. Let's, let's do one more on, the, on part one of this podcast. Um, and that is going to – we're going to end on a high note with the Indiana Pacers. Oh, Jesus. Um, the Pacers number is 23 and a half. That's come down. Yeah. It's gone, that one's gone down as well. Uh, last year was 25 wins. But they wanted a 32-win pace last year in terms of point differential. But the problem is they, they've sold off even more. They could sell off even more in the coming days. Like there's still a chance they'd trade Miles Turner. They, they could still do that. Buddy and Heald. The Buddy Heald thing is still out there. Um, they do have uh, Tyrese Halliburton. That helps. But uh, they lost Brogdon in the offseason, of course. They did bring in like Ben Matherin, who I know you love. Um, but he's a rookie. Uh, they have Daniel Tice on this team. Daniel Tice is on that team? Yeah, they, oh yeah, he was in that trade. He was in the Brogdon trade. Uh, it's just, a, it's a very strange. He'll be back on Boston by the end of the trade. Yeah, and then it's like you know, Chris Duarte is around, but uh, it's kind of similar 20, to the twenty-nine-year-old Chris Duarte, second year. Uh, it's kind of interesting, like they're they're similar in some ways to Orlando, but they're worse. They have, well, if they have Miles Turner playing all year, sure. I don't know that they are worse. No, no, no I'm with you, but they're, it feels they're, like they're going to trade Miles Turner. If they don't, they're crazy. They should, they should trade. And I like Miles Turner. They should trade Miles Turner at some point. Um, and like, I don't know what their I mean, the plan is there. I guess they have Hal Burton and they're going to build around him, but 23 and a half is really low. It's the only reason why I'm not saying under like flat no, out. It's super, really low. super low. And I'm with you because I'm afraid that. 
they might win 25 games again just because they wait until the deadline to move Turner and Heald, and then they just are rock bottom the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, they should they should try to be terrible. Like they are the exact team that should be like they should be the worst team in the East. Like without a doubt, they should be the worst team in the East if they embrace that for once. And they are the team that doesn't tank. They kind of they finally kind of did last year. They have never wanted to do this. If there was ever a season you could get fans behind it, it's just run Wimby clips before every game. Like on the jumbotron, highlights, just nothing but Wimby doing stuff, blocking shots, launching thirty foot threes at seven foot eight. Like that's what I would be doing. All of these teams: San Antonio, Indiana, Utah. Once you embrace that, like just cut-ins, live cut-ins during games to to Metropolitan's ninety-two games, like. <laughs> Do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, once they trade Turner and Heald, like, they said they're not going to trade Turner before the season. Um, but they but could. They, they could. <laughs> like, they could. Like, the GM said, like, oh, but it's it's weird because the GM said it on the record. I mean, like, we're okay. not trading him. That's which, fine. But it, all he said was we're not trading him before the season. Very So, so October 20th. I look, yeah, no, I really hope it's like. Ten days from now. Yes. One for the content and two, because that'd be fine. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't even think you can really talk about the team. Like again, like I love, I love Maturin. Um, he will try to dunk on every single person in the NBA, and I can't wait. But like, they're just not going to be good, man. Um, stay away because it all comes down to when they trade their guys. But they should and better trade those guys. Uh, I got Pacers fans mad at me because I um, on the game theory part because I I just threw out a little little half-baked Uh-oh. trade. So, like, I'll do this here. Um, we've been trying to get Miles Turner to Charlotte for, like, three years now, I feel like. Like, just sure. generally, like, the NBA community has been like, well, here's a guy that this team doesn't want, and, and here's a guy that fits what this team needs. Like, easy. Let's do it. It's clearly not going to happen. Let's stop. However, we could get him in a trade involving Charlotte so I had Vucevic going to Charlotte because they need a secondary like option to score, really a primary option to to get the ball to the score. Um, and he would kind of balance off with Lamella. I think they could be a really fun offensively. Uh, we send, I had Gordon Hayward going to Indiana because we've been trying to get Gordon Hayward to Indiana forever as well. Send the boy home, uh, sell some tickets while you tank. Be great. You also could do PJ Washington and Kelly Oubre makes the money work. Um, and then Turner goes to Chicago because they need defense uh, more. And Turner can also space the floor the way Vucevic does, but it's kind of a waste of Vucevic to just have him spacing the floor. But he occupies the same post area that DeMar DeRozan does. And that's a waste of both of them. So I think it just makes the Bulls better. Uh, I, the Bulls definitely win this trade. Somebody's sending picks. I don't know, but that Pacers fans hated me for it, which I thought was a little weird. Uh, I'm trying to make you worse and get you Wimby, but sorry. Yeah, apologies to all Pacers fans that listen. To I'm sure. Fans. I'm sure there's tons, dozens. Uh, I'm sure there are dozens of us. Um, no, that you know, I'm not like I don't hate what they're doing overall. Like long, they're not in this place where 
they are like Washington, where like mm-hmm. they just have not done anything to rebuild. At mm-hmm. least I do like Halliburton. Um, you know, I do like the Matherin pick. Like they have some stuff going on for them, but this is a weird year for them. Like, and I would hope that they just lean into it. So, twenty three and a half. I don't know. Do I, I don't. Even, I don't even have like a recommendation. I guess maybe. Over. I, yeah, no, really. Like this is. I think this is the most stay away team. It's certainly on the my list of like I have no opinion whatsoever on this. I, I, they could win. They could win twenty. They could win twenty seven. Sure. Nope. You could tell me any number in the twenties, and I believe you. I'll pass. Um. All right, Robbie. Before we uh, keep moving on here, we're gonna cut this uh, part one off at this point. Forty minutes in. Uh, people listen to this. Uh, part two will be coming very very soon. But uh, in an effort to plug your yourself robbie please share people where they can find your work i know if you're watching youtube you can see you can see his information on the screen but podcast dime what's 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 out there for the folks podcast rolling along uh we love the podcast fraud stomp saturday just commenced Faithful and listener. uh yeah so you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts and um yeah you can read both of us at uprock sports and uh dime magazine where I give out the, the worst interrupt. NFL picks in the world in week five. You got smoked this week. I think it's like my, my second or third all-time 0-5 performance. It was uh, not what we wanted. But alas, please follow Robbie on the Twitter machine and all those things, Dime, podcast, etc. We'll be back with part two in the very near future, so stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next time.